That's a very Aussie word. Well, it's good to be able to share with you this morning. And for those who are listening via the podcast, um, we'll be placing the two videos that we'll be showing in the service today on the Facebook, the Northern Community Facebook page as well. We are in week three of our series about going deeper, looking at how we can enrich our relationship with the divine. So far, we've seen the two sides of the coin. We looked at desire and the importance of desire in our pursuit of a deeper relationship with God. And we also looked at dissatisfaction, about a a holy dissatisfaction, a holy unrest with the way things are and wanting to go um, deeper in our relationship with God. Both are instrumental in putting fuel into the tank to energize our journey of going deeper in our relationship with God. But if you're anything like me, you know distractions can be an impediment to achieving what we long for, what we hope for, as this bear in this John West ad can attest to. Now, while there can be some welcome distractions, such as a friend popping over for a visit when you're cleaning the house, or there are other times where distractions can actually rob us from the opportunity or, a cause, or they can cause us pain as well. Consider the issues around texting while you're driving. In Western Australia, 90% of drivers know that it is dangerous to text while driving, yet almost 60% still do it. Studies show that if you actually take your eyes off the road and look down for about two seconds, you are significantly um, at an increased risk of an accident. They say looking to one side or the other uh, for two seconds isn't as bad, isn't as dangerous, even though it's not good, it's not as dangerous as looking down. And so that's something when you're mindful of ferreting around for the coffee mug or the coins in the the centre console or whatever it might be. It can also be a real issue around home. A quick pop quiz. How many of you, so there's three questions to the pop quiz, how many of you eat a main meal with someone else, if you just raise your hand? Okay. So how many of you, keep your hands up, if you eat a main meal with someone else, then also how many of you have a phone with a message service on it? Keep your hand up, if that's you, and you also eat a meal with someone else. Okay, the final question. How many of you routinely let the phone go through to the message service when someone rings during mealtime. Good on you. That is excellent. It's amazing how many people, as soon as the phone rings, you're at a mealtime, you've got the message service, but there's this distraction and they feel obligated. The phone's ringing, I must therefore answer. And it's counterintuitive to the whole reason why we have a message service on a phone. Today, we have a generation of people who are becoming obsessed and are compulsively glued to their phone, their mobile phones with its wooing pings and flashing lights. And there is a recognised syndrome called nomophobia, which is the fear of missing out or the fear of not being connected, the fear of being offline. And the longer there is that separation there is an increased anxiety the longer they are without their mobile phone. According to the Harvard Business Review, attention spans are being reduced to as small as three minutes. Three-minute attention spans, and then it takes another 20 minutes 
for someone in a work environment to get back on task after being distracted for th- um, at that three-minute interval. Our desire to go deeper in our relationship with God is negatively impacted when we give in to distractions that take us away from investing time and focus. And distractions are a tool that is used by the enemy in the spiritual warfare that we as followers of Jesus are engaged in. In the temptations of Jesus by the devil, we read in Luke 4 of how the devil took Jesus up to uh, up and reveal to him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time. I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to you, to anyone I please. I will give it all to you, will worship. Let me tempt you. Let me distract you from your mission um, and, and let me offer you this instead. Let me offer you a shortcut, a way to bypass the pain and the suffering of the cross. Just worship me and all these kings. Later in Jesus' ministry, Peter, a devoted follower of Jesus, is influenced by the devil to try and distract Jesus again from his mission to the cross. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 23, the New Living Translation, we read in it, it says that, that Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me. You are a dangerous trap. You are seeing things merely from a not from God. In a universe filled with spiritual warfare, we see Jesus engage in a battle where he is tempted to take his focus, his eyes off his role, his purpose. To be distracted from being all that he is meant to be as our saviour by taking shortcuts and by not following the path that was set out. For Don't go that way. After all, it's, easy, it's quicker. It's pain-free. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. For Christians in Galatia, in modern Turkey, they were getting distracted and Paul wrote to them in despair for he feared for their future. For those not familiar with the Galatian history, a quick recap on some relevant points that we looked at last week. The Gauls were a people who were firmly embedded in their culture where there were rules and regulations, laws to live by. They had an established judicial system. They were also people that were culturally willing to switch sides depending on the influences of who was offering the better deal. And now, Paul is surprised and in despair as they seem to be changing sides to their disadvantage. Judaizers, Fanatical followers of the Jewish law had quickly followed Paul into Galatia and they'd spun this yarn that was impressive and distracting and ultimately it was destructive. Paul only told you half the story. He only had time to tell you part of what was going on. You see, the good news is more than just about Jesus' death and resurrection. 
You, you need to believe in Jesus, sure, but you also need to keep the Mosaic law, all the laws of the Old Testament. You need to do all those things as well, all the rules, all the regulations of the Torah. That includes men needing to be circumcised. And Paul gets wind of this, of what's being taught, and, and of how some have already started following this new legalistic teaching. And he is appalled. Galatians, in his response to the Gaul Christians, they're, they're getting distract, distracted. And so he writes his letter to the Galatians that we have in our Bible today. And in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10, we read this. Once again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be good news, but is not good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win uh, the approval of people, but God, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I suspect that for the Gaul Christians, coming out of a life and religious practices that were saturated with rules um, would have initially been so refreshing for them. Discovering this newfound freedom, this liberty, in uh, discovering um, all of that would have been just so welcoming for them. But like someone who has spent most of their life in prison, routine and expectations to conform to certain patterns of life, certain cultural norms and behaviours were like a security blanket that ultimately suffocates the bearer. Paul introduces the refreshing freedom of salvation by grace, not work, and the Gauls are delighted to embrace it, this newfound freedom. They experience the truths of the gospel, and they are found to be the recipients of forgiveness because of God's generous and sacrificial acts. But like a person who feels anxious when they've received a gift and offer to pay back for it, or, or to say, hey, listen, you know, oh, thanks for dinner. Oh, how about you come over to my place for dinner sometime? And there's this reciprocity um, equation. They feel as though they are obligated to do something in, to earn their salvation. Their experiences of the truths of the gospel and that they are the recipients of the forgiveness of um, Jesus' generous gift of salvation, they want to start earning it now. And they're distracted by it, by these Jews that peddle half-truths for their own desire to wrap up the Galatians again in this blanket of Old Testament law. So rather than pressing further into the freedom that's being offered to them of salvation by grace, the Gauls are distracted to the call to earn their salvation by being circumcised, by following through the religious practices of Old Testament law. You see, the problem is that rather than looking to Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, they began to be distracted by looking to themselves and their own efforts as the reason 
for earning their salvation. Pride began to be the focus um, and took their eyes off the path that was ahead of them about how to have a closer relationship with. And as the Christians in Galatia start to look at themselves and how they need to earn, how they need to deserve what is on offer. The fingers of the evil one are all over this. Rather than distracting the Galatians with another God altogether and to to change religions altogether, the Galatians were encouraged to go just that extra little bit. It's with half-truths scattered amongst truths that the weeds of destruction and it's with this, uh, this counterfeit twist that is the issue for the Galatians. The Judaizers aren't saying, well, don't worship Jesus at all, but rather you can't rely on Jesus alone for your salvation. You need to rely on Jesus and what you do. You're following of the rules. You're following of circumcision. If you truly want to be in a right relationship with God to be saved. And for us today, we can fall into the trap of being distracted from going deeper in our relationship with There are a range of distractions, just like the first century God. We can be distracted by works, that we need to do this, whatever this is, to earn our salvation, our right relationship with Sure, Jesus died for our sins, but now you need to earn your salvation. You need to serve in this ministry, or speak, or pray in this way. Each time it places a blanket of works, over grace until it ultimately in this universal spiritual warfare we can be distracted by looking to other spiritual practices as well or karma speaking to the universe and hoping that it will come back to us as each twist of the truth we get distracted from the centrality we can also get distracted by counterfeits copies of christianity that promise to value add but really distract from a personal relationship. So how do you pick a counterfeit? Well, there's two $50 notes on the screen. Who thinks the top one is the counterfeit $50 note? Put up your hand if you think it's that one. And who thinks it's the bottom one? Which one do you reckon is the counterfeit one? Bottom one? Yeah, you reckon it might be the bottom one? So who thinks the top one? Okay, and who thinks the bottom one? Okay, the bottom one's the counterfeit one. So I'll give you the $50 notes afterwards. No, 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 not quite. (laughs) But the best way to know and to pick a counterfeit $50 note is not by studying all the different variations of counterfeit $50 notes that have been put out into circulation around the country. The best way to work out whether you're looking at a counterfeit $50 note or not is to know the $50 note inside out, back to front. Now, I rarely see $50 notes, um, but uh, Mary might see them more often than me, but um, I rarely do. Uh, But if you look at those $50 notes, then if you know what the real one looks like, if you're handling that all the time, then when you come across the feel, the look, just the the size, so the reason why this bottom one is a, a counterfeit one is it's a little bit smaller than the original. And so, when you know the real thing, you can pick the counterfeit so much easier. So too it is with us. 
the best way to prevent ourselves from getting distracted by false teachings or various spiritual practices is to invest time and energy into a personal relationship with But when we engage in the practices or rites without a relationship, then we might be following good teaching without personally knowing. Over the next few weeks, we're going to take some time to look at some really good spiritual practices. But if they are not founded on or focus on our relationship, then we can be distracted by hollow traditions that miss the heart. We can meditate. We can be generous. We can give. We can pray. We can attend services. But if there is no relationship with God, then we may be a good person, but we miss out on the most important part, being a There are a range of things in life that distract us from TV, Facebook, a book, making just that little bit more money, the latest family crisis. For me, the snooze button on my alarm can be the biggest distraction in my relationship. Going to bed late, feeling tired, impacts the, the, uh, my ability or my energy levels first thing in the morning to wake up when the alarm goes off and to hop up out of bed, out of a desire just to fit a few more moments, slip, snooze button. And each time I want to squeeze in, I squeeze out time. The good things in life can easily become the enemy. of, And when it is the best, when the best is an advent, adventurous relationship with God, that relationship will always take investment, investment of time and being present with God throughout the day. The key to combating distractions to focus. And it's not something that happens overnight, but it's like a muscle. It needs to be developed. It needs to be worked on. You build up your ability to focus over time. I'm not sure about you, but I can find that I have a bit of a monkey mind. Have you heard that saying before, a monkey mind that jumps around and leaps from one thing to another? You know, for me, it's, it's almost like I can be a kid with ADHD. On, you know, I, I just am doing so many different things at once. It, it's pretty rare that I only ever have one thing up on my screen on my computer. I've got two screens and I could have three or four different um, things open on my computer at any one time and flick between one and another. But being focused... Giving something your attention is something that, you know, practice and it's a muscle. That So consider switching off or turning your mobile phone on face down so you don't get and the flashing light. Shutting down your email for a moment, moving to a quiet place will help you start out at carving out some focused time. Matt, next week, is going to be talking to us some more about how we can focus and the intentionality of that and of spiritual practices. And the following week, I'm going to talk some more about that as well. But my guess is, if I'm, if I'm just that little bit suspicious, then my guess is that you already know some of the things from spending quality time. Even Jesus found it necessary to move away from the... to focus on investing with the Father. In Luke chapter 5, verses 15... We read these, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his... Now, there's a phone, um, not that I want to be distracted, um, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hit and to be healed of their disease. But Jesus often went to the wilderness 
So how should we... My encouragement is simple, but I suspect also challenging. You see, what I want to invite you to do today is to write a prayer of asking God over the coming week those things that distract you from going deep in your relationship with But then also during the course of this week, make a mental note or even a written note of those things that distract you from time with God and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to better respond to those distractions. In a switched on world, it is so easy to switch off. But if we switch some of these other distractions, it will help us to develop the focus, the focus muscles to switch on to God and that So as the music's played, I encourage you, as I said, to write down that prayer, but then to invite God to reveal to you those distractions.